Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Force Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King, and this week, alongside guest Ross Halbin, we discuss the fifth episode from Ahsoka titled Shadow Warrior. Before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter and Hive at Force Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Force Ghost Conversations. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening side of choice. Plus, Force Ghost Conversations is live on Patreon. If you're a fan of the podcast and would like to consider pledging your support, there will be a link in the episode description for you to check out the various tiers offered. Finally, please be sure to check out our Tee Public store to buy some Force Ghost Conversations merchandise. And without further ado, it's time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Force Ghost Conversations. And boy, is this the one you've been waiting for? I mean, what a doozy of an episode, of course. Yes, spoiler alert, the return of Hayden Christensen, the world between worlds, young Ahsoka, Clone Wars, Purgle, all of that in one jam-packed episode full of a lot of soul-searching and self-discovery and, frankly, self-rediscovery, too, which we'll talk about a lot in this episode with special guest Ross Halliburton. Of course, you know him from the show um, that we did Return of the Jedi, our 40th anniversary episode on that one. Uh, he's a writer for Fanthatrax and the host of the Album Cockpit podcast. So on the other side of this very short break here, we'll be back to discuss all things Ahsoka Episode 5, Shadow Warrior. But before we get into that, let's do some Cloud City gossip for this week. And there isn't a whole lot as we're getting into the kind of holiday season slowdown, if you will. But this week... The Mandalorian season one and two finally released on physical media. Uh, so you can get 4K steelbooks of the entire first and second season uh, at really any retailer that I can think of right now at this point. Mostly Amazon, Best Buy, uh, probably Target. You can probably get it at. Um, but all those places probably will have the physical copies of these. And, you know, in this modern day and age where you never know what is and what isn't going to be on a streaming service anymore, this is an important thing to continue to expand your collections first and foremost, if you're a collector of that stuff like I am, but to ensure that you can watch it at any time, even if the internet goes down, you will still have access to the Mandalorian and the great stories that are held within. So if you are a fan of that stuff, go check it out and see if uh, you want to take the Mandalorian home with you. That's a fun little gift and perhaps a great gift for the holiday season that is fastly approaching for a lot of us here. Um, also, in terms of news adjacent to the Star Wars Lucasfilm Galaxy, Rebel Moon, yes, the highly anticipated movie that we are going to be doing full discussions of over the next couple of weeks, is coming out a little bit earlier now. It's supposed to technically come out on Friday, December 22nd, but it is now premiering for all of us fans that are waiting to watch it the second it goes live at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on December 21st. So yes, that Thursday, they're basically doing like if you were to go see a movie uh, at the cinema and uh, you would see it that Thursday night for some previews. So you get a little late night Rebel Moon if you're a fan of that um, and looking forward to that like we are here. 
um, on that Thursday then. So be sure to, uh, you know, go to your Netflix accounts and, and search for Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, and then uh, watch it that weekend because we'll be having great conversations. I know I've got our buddy Craig Dickinson from Reading Between the Reels lined up to chat about some Rebel Moon talk when we uh, get to that time then. So be on the lookout for that, uh, or at least the movie itself, first and foremost, next Thursday. And with that, folks, that is all the news that I had for this week. We'll be back on the other side of this short break with our Ahsoka Episode 5 conversation. All right, everybody, welcome back to another installment of Forest Coast Conversations. And I think this is the episode that you've been waiting for. When we started our Ahsoka discussions a few weeks ago, I think you were all setting your calendars for this episode five discussion. And of course, I could bring in no greater fan of Ahsoka, of Sabine especially. I, I see what the, the sweatshirt he's got on right now. I'm so thrilled to welcome back to the show, writer for Tracks and host of the Album Cockpit podcast, Ross Halbin. Ross, how are you doing, my friend? Good, Anthony. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for putting up with my uh, congestion from a cold that has been battering me around a little bit hey a cold g- doesn't get in the way of ahsoka discussions am i right never <laughs> well you know ross this is interesting that we're having this discussion months after this episode has come out now and this is really the the thing that i've been asking some of the folks that have been coming on the show to talk about the series that we get to you know have the conversation of what was your experience like when you watch the series first and now you get to revisit it in a way and you get to maybe contemplate how your opinions have changed over the course of the last couple of weeks here. So to start, now that the series out is is out in its entirety, you know, what were your original thoughts about Ahsoka the series overall? And has that opinion changed at all now that some time has passed? I expected to love it and I probably enjoyed it more than I expected. Mm. I I think that's the biggest, biggest thing that I can say, knowing that Dave Filoni, this is everything to him. And as a fan, I'm very much a half glass, glass half full person. Mm -hmm. Um, I expect to enjoy aspects of everything. That doesn't mean everything's perfect by any stretch. But as a fan, I give the room like, ah, you know what, I can look past this because I got X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. storytelling's fun. New characters brought in were incredible. The visuals and, and the places that they were able to take this, especially in this episode, I felt like a little kid through so much yeah. of it. And to me, that's what Star Wars should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I agree with you on that front. The, the thing, though, for my experience, I'm glad that it exceeded your expectations as you as you watched it. I think... So when each episode came out, I would watch it once. And then I think after that first viewing each time, I would just kind of sit there look, staring off into the void and being like, what did I just watch? And then I had to spend a few days processing it. And then I'd watch it again, maybe three or four days later. And I'd be like, oh, that was brilliant. It just it like would sink in so much differently. And then, you know, watching it a third or even a fourth time now for, for these episodes, now that we're doing it on the, on the podcast here, it just is, you know, the the farm has been uh, has been set the seeds have been laid the water has been uh you know uh irrigating the system and and these wonderful flowers are sprouting all over the forest ghost conversations garden here like this 
show just continues to deliver in many ways with each passing viewing for me. Um, so it's just, it's really fun to hear each person's different experience with this. And speaking of experiences, Ross, you, you've, uh, you know, we were talking baseball before we hopped on here. You, you hit a grand slam when it came to this episode. So you had the pleasure of actually seeing episode five, uh, shadow warrior in a movie theater as part of the fan event that accompanied this. How did that experience go? Because I saw some, uh, you know, some conversation online that you had quite a wild journey when it came to this <laughs> experience. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a live and learn kind of thing. So I guess with a lot of these events that get put on at theaters for special showings, uh, this group or these groups that are typically in charge of them, they just flood the market with tickets because their job is to fill up the theater really it doesn't matter how many they'll just put them out there and they just want a full house that's their only job at the end of the day so some random thing that none of us may pay attention to they took the same approach with ahsoka so mm. knowing that everyone who has a ticket for this thing showing up expecting to go um I don't know that I love the business practice. It makes sense for how they try to fill the theater for other instances. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time with Lucasfilm working with groups like this for an event like this. So it turned into a seven hour drive for me total. So oh, wow. going from Indy to Chicago, Chicago back to Indy after watching one hour of television on the big screen, wow. which I would do again and again, because once I got in there, it was unbelievable. I was literally the last person brought into the theater. And it's thanks to Brooke McDonald, who follow her on Instagram. If you want to know anything, Disney heavily involved in star Wars, um, seeing her experience with the group kind of closing out the Halcyon mm. galactic star cruiser was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but just a great person who put her kid on her lap so that I could get in and have the last seat. I'll always be appreciative of that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Like I got, I got many questions about this experience, Ross. First off, did you go to work the next day after that long, you basically had a whole, you probably had to take off to even go to this thing to begin with, or you at least left early, right? To get the seven hours to <laughs> Three hours? Did you force yourself to leave at like four to then get there by like a seven o'clock showing in three I, hours? I think I'd left at 4.15 with an original <laughs> plan to leave around two, but then something came up and I was just like, no, okay, I'll help with this. But I was like, I have to drive to Chicago and I'm going to hit rush hour Oh, you tried. when I get there. <laughs> um, so when I got there and I initially didn't get in and I was turned away, like I let my boss know, he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I never imagined that that would, that would happen yeah. by you staying extra to do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yep. That goes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's life. That's sometimes that's what you have to deal with. Um, but I was sitting there and I was, I was probably fuming for about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to only two minutes. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good about keeping an even keel, but I was, I was pretty upset when they're like, oh, no, all the seats are gone. All the posters are gone. Everything's gone. And I was just like, oh, I see. <laughs> so 
<laughs> oh, um, no. But I didn't leave. So a lot of people. Yeah, left. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. You didn't leave. So you kept and I it. Was, you kept it. You stayed in, in place. <laughs> I was one of five people that stayed there. And I was just like, well, until this thing starts, I've worked in pro sports long enough, been around big events before. Yep. There's always a chance until it gets going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I stayed there. I will completely nerd out. The force was with me at this point. They found a way to get the five of us in there. And I was the last one out by myself out in the hallway, just like, wow. oh, this drive home is going to suck. Um, <laughs> but then she came out and she's like, third row up, right on the edge, there's a spot. So I went in, got to talk to Brooke. She was fantastic. Um, her son was just, her son and his reaction enhanced all of it for me as well. How excited mm -hmm. he was afterwards. Um, that's who the audience should be. And I, I love being a part of that audience. Mm -hmm. But it's to excite these kids and to keep them knowing these storylines, knowing what heroes are all about, knowing what doing the right thing is all about. Um, so that was super cool. And then just hearing it, you know, it looks great on all of our screens, no matter what size you have. Mm -hmm. But to hear it, with that sound system to have oh, yeah. the theater and the chairs shaking when certain things are happening, it really talk about an immersive experience and everything that can be incredible about a star Wars experience. It was that seeing, I know we'll get into certain elements, but seeing Purgle up close <laughs> on yeah. big of a screen, like it doesn't get better than that. That's like goosebumps as it's happening, hearing the lightsabers, hearing the crashing of the waves, so many different senses just all being bombarded by what Filoni put together for this episode. Mm. It, it was a magical moment. It's what Disney is. It's what Star Wars is. And if they could bottle that and continue to do it, that's why people are going to keep coming back for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I'm so glad that you actually were able to get in and, you know, to have this wonderful experience. Um, you know, Ross, one of these days we'll get you just a very even keel. You just walk into the theater experience with no issues or problems like that. Because our, our listeners may recall when you were on to talk to uh, Indiana Jones that you had the, <laughs> the, the, the worst sunburn of your life. <laughs> and then, you know, this tough. too. Every time we have you on the show here, you're, you're having these like once in a lifetime experiences that you never forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I so, tend to have stories. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know. We'll get you this like a very easy episode one of these days where you're just like, yeah, I watched it on TV and it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I love hearing you, you, this this the, the passion of of being in a theater and surrounding and engaging with what's going on screen here. And it's it's already great that you're noting things that like you don't get to necessarily think about when you're at home, right? The sound system, how that plays into it. Being in a dark room with no distractions around you where you're only focusing on what's in front of you being able to hear the waves crash the lightsabers crack and uh, and all that great stuff that are the hidden details that really make this series i'm going to say overall not just this episode right. but just something that is really special as it goes on too so uh shout out to to, to brooke for you know yeah forever, <laughs> thinking, forever thinking thank there. you forever thank yeah. you brooke 
It's amazing. Did, did they not charge tickets for it? Were they all free? Oh, or was free. it just like you, you okay. just had to well, sign up, and at some point they cut it off. But the practice to get people in, and what they typically have to do for a lot of the shows that they do is just overbook it completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't. Yeah, to hope that yeah. you're getting bodies in there, and this is just it's interesting. Yeah, a, a, a different topic, a different property altogether. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they should have known that a Star Wars thing giving out free tickets would have with one showing too, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> would if they had a second showing, you, you know, probably more people would have been able to get in. Like you probably would have just said, "All right, I'll wait till the next one then." Um and all of that. But just one showing, one theater, one, you know, they had maybe what 10 cities across the US that were doing this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's and I think it's 10. And uh, you know, they got to have some, I know this is probably your first time with Star Wars doing something like this, like you mentioned, but they have to have some algorithm in place. Like I used to work at a, uh, as with an events at, at a place and we also, we offered free tickets for certain events and we knew based off of the venue, how much to oversell it so that we would recognize that we'd have about 30, 40, 25% attrition rates, depending on right. how big the venue is. Right. So like, is this their first rodeo doing this? No, it's not. So like, again, it does bring the question of maybe they shouldn't work with this group again in the future if they do something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll let them figure. I, I said my piece. I'm thankful that the person at the theater got me in. I'm thankful that Brooke made the seat available. I was very fortunate because it's a great community. Um, yeah. But there were a lot of people that tur- were turned away that I felt bad for as well. Or just like, oh, you know what, they could have done this better. But hopefully it's a lesson learned lesson learned indeed and uh let's use this for future events uh, that they fan events that they may be doing in the future so let's cut to the chase of the episode now we're good all in on the spoilers all in on the fun stuff how cool is it to see hayden christensen as anakin skywalker back on our television screens or in your case on a movie screen (laughs) well and i i think that's part of the experience in a theater again in the community of a theater where there were the visceral reactions and there were the oohs mm-hmm. and ahs and oh my god that oh yeah you got to hear throughout so as you're seeing anakin as you're seeing you know just the the wonderful visual play of him going from anakin to evil anakin to vader mm-hmm. sometimes just in the flash of lightning was just it, it was awe-inspiring and you could feel that in the theater you felt people tense up you felt people saying oh my god is is this really happening right now like oh look at his eyes now oh the saber's red anakin encompassing all that was anakin and that ahsoka needed to see was was brilliant like and to do that mm-hmm. in the world between worlds or at least what I imagine is some faction of it. It didn't have all the same holes the same way. Maybe it's an offshoot of one. But even how Anakin, through their battle, he even knew how to manipulate the world between worlds to get to happen mm. what he needed to happen. You know, taking the mm. slash at the bridge that they're on so that Ahsoka falls. It's just like, oh, of course Anakin knows how to do that. So it mm. just magical and a character and getting Hayden Christensen up there again for a larger role. It, it's 
I don't care if it's fan service. I don't see it that way, but if it is, so be it. I loved it. I'd say, how could it be fan service if it's serving the character called Ahsoka that the series is named after? Right. I mean, how could it be? <laughs> Everything's fan service at that point, then. Yeah. Well, and, and you do get a <laughs> I lot love, of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love what you just said there about Anakin being able to manipulate the for the world between worlds, right? If this even is the world between worlds, I know that's you know a debate that I've personally been having too. I'm like, is this really the world between worlds? It doesn't look like it. That what we were introduced in in Rebels and and all that stuff. But then I think we were introduced to it about two or three times before we actually saw the real thing in uh, in the in Rebels too. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You know, I've been going back and forth on that, but. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Anakin it is the chosen one. So why wouldn't he be able to go beyond the bounds of what we think and what we know to be true and all that? And also, it's, it is literally a wacky concept to begin with, the world between worlds, the space outside of time itself, that, you know, why are we putting rules and, and boundaries and regulations onto something like this ultimately at the end? Uh, so I like that. That actually really is awesome that you, you brought that up. That, that's, that's something that I'll certainly be considering beyond this episode and further that you know what if that is really the capabilities of the chosen one is going beyond that like he, he can manipulate time and space itself through the four world between worlds to enact good to good and change and be the 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 you know save his friends from dying as he ultimately does in in this episode here and, you know i i am one of it, you know I'll, I'll toot my own horn here i think i'm the biggest Hayden christensen fan out there <laughs> this is the the character that got me into star wars his portrayal of anakin skywalker i will say you know i was a fan of it beforehand but attack of the clones was really where my fandom took off um i watched that movie 300 times in the summer of uh 03 and uh, you know going to see revenge of the sith was a it was an event experience for me the first time I was 10 when it came out and um, you know, just the, the build up to it. I think it was the first time in my life that I'd ever been so excited for something that I had that date circled for months in advance. Yeah. Like it was 2004 and I knew that in May, this is when it was coming out and I knew, all right, this is when the teaser is coming out. This is the movie I can go see to see the trailer with it and all that stuff. How do I talk my mom into going to see this? It might be a rated R movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just plotting through it. I think I even like found a bootleg Revenge of the Sith script that leaked online and read through it. So I kind of knew everything that was going to happen oh, wow. in the movie a year before. Um, it, it was just a great time and a magical time for And that cultivated my fandom that led us to this conversation here today. So the fact that we just get more of them, I know we already got Obi-Wan Kenobi last year, which, you know, another amazing show. And, uh, you know, we're just in this Hayden Renaissance, more, more Hayden Christensen, in my opinion, more Anakin Skywalker. If we can find the ways to get them in, showcase them. He's a force ghost. You know, I've always believed that in making, you know, the controversial return of the Jedi change and making Anakin Skywalker, the Hayden Christensen version. And George has his reasons for why he did that and all that stuff. But I always said, they're like, well, great. That means the character can live for another 40 plus years. Right. Even if you think through the math of it all, Vader's really like 46 when he dies. <laughs> so like if you if you if it's Hayden Christensen the character, I mean he's in his early 40s now, like he still looks very similar to how he did back in his early 20s. Yeah, yeah. Um all they have to do is just put a little bit of makeup on him and he's basically there. So like, you know, it makes sense to m in my head that it's not you know, it's also how he would look if he were 40s 
you know, in his forties too, maybe not just with the, the long hair and all of that, but you know, it's just, what a magical time to be a star Wars fan and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, we're here to talk a bit about the themes of this all too. Right. Cause you know, it is just fan service. If he just appears and then just says, well, see ya. <laughs> That's not what happens in this episode at all. So, you know, Ross, what do you think is the ultimate lesson that Anakin is trying to teach Ahsoka here? I think what, what he portrays here and what he often shows um, through a lot of the ways that we've been able to see him again is that you have to live for the moment and be ready to adapt. Mm, and yeah. you never know what situation you're going to be dropped in. You never know, you know what good things, what bad things what's going to happen there's rarely a perfect scenario and heroes and leaders are needed and they need to be the ones that can adapt the most so i think that's the primary thing he's trying to share and, and i think it's fun that he doesn't fully grasp how impactful his path was to ahsoka and how mm -hmm. balin was mm -hmm. able to play on that and say your whole legacy is war. Um, so he's able to needle at her. Anakin's so far above that that he doesn't think twice about it. But but it's the reality to someone else. So I think it's recognizing what others are experiencing, mm. but being able to put your best foot forward in any of those scenarios. Mm, yeah, yeah. I like what you're saying there. Like, you know, we're, we already talked to this character has the, you know, if, if we go with that line of thought that you shared earlier, right, if he's able to even manipulate the world between worlds and to bend it to his will, why, why does he even think twice about if his legacy is of death and destruction, right? He's, he's leagues beyond that at this point. <laughs> um, and, and that's just, you know, and it is right. He is a little, he's empathetic to her in this moment. And, and in my opinion, right, he's, He's saying like, well, what do you want me to do, right? You are so much more than just that, because I'm more than that. And you are a part of this legacy, whether you like it or not. Um, there are two things that I think that he does as well in this in this moment, too. That is, um, so clearly Ahsoka is troubled by the past, that she is a part of that legacy, right? She is troubled by the fact that she... Um, feels like she has this darkness inside of her because Anakin had that darkness inside of him. And, you know, that's something that she needs to process and reconcile with, right? That she can be that and more, and it's okay to have all that in her. It doesn't need to, def it doesn't need to define her as the way that it defined Anakin in some regards. So that's something that they work through, I think, a lot in this episode by her defeating him and overcoming that and facing dark side Anakin, facing light side Anakin, right? Ver visually overtaking him and defeating him in my opinion, showcases the work and the processing of that matter. But then the second thing is literally like the question of, you know, live or die, right? I think up to this point in the series, Ahsoka has been so stagnant. She's, yes, she is trying to find Ezra. She's got some type of goal in mind, but she's not really doing anything really, in my opinion, right? She's not with luke she's not trying to start a new jedi order she's not training grogu she's saying no to she's not training sabine she's saying no to a lot of things and she's kind of wandering about with no real 
direction or motive or belief in anything, which he's like, what, what are you, what are you living for then? What are you, what are you doing? You live or die. You know, you can die right now if you want, but you don't have to. And if, if, if you're going to live, live for something, right? Choose, choose one way or the other, make a choice. Yeah, what's your, what's your purpose and at this point? Exactly. 100%. And, you know, they have to go through back through time, right? To go th through the clone wars. They see all this, they see all that. And, um, eventually it just gets to the point where it's like, all right, yeah, you live through all that, but to be a Jedi is to fight, right? That doesn't matter if we were in war or we were in peacetime, quote unquote, Jedi were still going to war torn areas of the galaxy to stop, you know, these bounty hunters from, from killing civilians. And they were going to stop these brutal engagements that were happening um, across the galaxy. And that was their history for thousands of years. They would go out and help people. And usually people in distress are people in conflict or fighting and stuff like that. So the fact that she's like just minimizing it to, you know, we're death and destruction. You trained me for war. You're like, yeah, we got to adapt to the times, but this is frankly what Jedi do. We help people, right? We are here as leaders. We, you know, decisions have costs. They have consequences. We learn from them and we move on, right? There's, yeah, all that stuff comes into play here. And it's just so powerful to me overall, just seeing everything that comes into this moment. I mean, it's so overwhelming. That's why it takes like four or five viewings for you in order to, get to a point where you can like, oh my gosh, this is actually what they're trying to say on screen here. Um, which is, it's just so powerful. And, you know, I've talked a little bit here about some of those firsts and you've said some of them too, um, for live action Star Wars. So that we've said, you know, there's potentially the world between worlds in this episode that we saw some Clone Wars flashbacks. Uh, uh, Anakin in the early Clone Wars look too, is pretty cool if you ask me. The Siege of Mandalore, young Ahsoka comes into this fray. Right. Rex, you know, a little bit of Tamara Morrison there. <laughs> what part was your favorite to see and why? It was that initial battle of Ryloth. Knowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's happening? What did he just do by, by slashing that bridge? Where did she fall? Seeing her come up as young Ahsoka is just in the theater. There was that gasp of. Yeah, really? Oh my God. And then seeing the clone <laughs> troopers coming through the dust and dirt and realizing, oh, we're in a new place in a new time right now that we just got mm -hmm. dropped into. And then Anakin's coming through like it's no big deal. And Ahsoka is there just like, wait, how are we here? Um, seeing the Twi'leks that are there kind of putting it in place that this this is likely the battle of ryloth and one of those early clone wars battles is just mm -hmm. i mean it, it caught me so off guard that it was perfect yeah yeah ahsoka is all of us in that sequence right she's like this is the clone wars and yeah yeah no kidding <laughs> how did we get here what's going on how did we get here i don't know what right, is right? this how this isn't what it was. We were just up there and I was fighting Balin and I thought I was dying. And you said, I lost all this happened. What? <laughs> um, that, that's great. I, I love seeing that too. And, and yeah, to, to place it in, in that early Clone Wars timeline too, especially with Ahsoka's outfit too, being from those early seasons um, of all that. It's just so cool to see in general. And uh, for me, I will say just frankly, seeing that Anakin, that young or early Clone Wars look, right. Uh, the, seeing the, the, the armor on the, 
the the arms and the chest a bit. That was so cool because, you know, when I was watching those episodes when they came out and even, you know, the last couple of years or so, to see like that Matt, Matt Lanter kind of inspired look. And I was like, how is this Hayden Christensen? What's that hairstyle? What would that hairstyle look like on him? And now to actually have that answered, it's going to, you know, when I rewatch some of those Clone Wars episodes, it's going to be a whole brand new experience, frankly, because I'll be able to like visualize what Hayden Christensen will look like in that. It's, it's, it's different when you have animated characters that just exist in that time period. Cause I have nothing to compare it to. I'm just like, okay, that's Ahsoka then. Um, but to see actually Hayden Christensen, the character they were basing it off of, playing that same character from that time frame, I just found that to be so neat. <laughs> well, and you also um, get that, you know, I, I don't know that they were the most embraced characters with the Martez sisters and what they taught Ahsoka about, hey, here's yeah. what the Jedi are to us. We lost our family mm-hmm. because of the Jedi, because they were reckless in how they were trying to pursue justice. So there's so many levels of Ahsoka and we just keep getting them through the different mediums of trying to figure out this character who her mentor is the only one who has a, a more dense character path. Yeah. <laughs> so as you're going through Got that this right. and thinking about, okay, thinking of the Martez sisters and how they made Ahsoka feel, going through Ryloth, going to mandalore and this whole journey it, it it's so big for this character development and it allows so much for this just beloved character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. agreed and we always love a martez sisters reference here it's my wife's second favorite clone wars arc aside from the bad batch which then is of course her favorite star wars property at this point which again martez sisters make an appearance yep. in that first season so that, that's awesome and great connection there on that front so after the interaction with Anakin, Ahsoka then comes out of the water. She is saved. And, you know, once she recovers and comes back to the light a bit, she dons a new white wardrobe. So what do you think that this outfit change symbolizes? Yeah, I mean, we see the water swallowing her up and that that's a baptism. We, we yeah. see the light shining on her when she's waking up on the on the Jedi cruiser. That's her enlightenment. That's her moment of nirvana. That's her Gandalf the Grey turning into Gandalf the White because of the trials and tribulations mm. that she had just gone through. And now she's ready. She's more prepared for this next challenge in front of her. And she has this lightened mood about everything of, yeah, I don't know that the, the pergola will take us where we're going, but it's not here. So <laughs> let, let's see where they take us kind of thing. So... I think so much of it is enlightenment and being ready for that next stage of the journey. Hmm. So Ross, to play a little devil's advocate here, you know, she did wear the white in that rebels epilogue there where she saw Sabine again. How does that play into this? Did she then switch back to gray and then turn back to white? What's the deal with the, the Soka outfit changes over time? I, I mean, is, is it cyclical? Is it, she, she's been through is a it, ton. Yeah. So does she keep running into these elements? And, you know, no one just remembers to do things. It's go back to the episode with her watching Anakin teaching her how to fight with a lightsaber. Hey, Mm. I never went back and practiced enough because I knew it. 
go back, get those repetitions, re reground yourself all the time. And just based off your question, that that's what I'll come up with in this quick of a scenario there. <laughs> but, it, but it really is like, if you're going to be a great athlete, you're not just doing unbelievable plays at practice every day. You're doing the mundane. Mm -hmm. You're running this same route nine times, 10 times to get those reps. How do I do it better this time? How do I make sure that I'm doing it better for the next time? So I kind of tie it back together there of you have to constantly revisit it and Ahsoka has to constantly work at it. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you're you're definitely on the right track there when it comes to that. Like I would you know, in, in yes ending, what you even said there, right? I think like sh there's still that, you know, she just came out of that situation on um, Malachor or she found her way off of that eventually. And then she thinks that she's in a good place, but then she's still like, I think we talked about she has that, that Anakin pressure weighing on her that maybe she didn't address yet at that time. And then that eventually comes back on her and weighs on her. And then she reverts back to the gray and then you know, going through that, she's now a whole person again, fully, right? It kind of reminds me like you meant you did the athlete um, analogy there. And it reminds me of uh, the drummer from Rush, Neil Peart, who, um, his you know and his wife and daughter died in a tragic accident he basically took a couple of years off of drumming with rush and then went on a motorcycle bike ride across the across the world and after those three or four years that he did that he basically had to relearn how to play the drums again and started from the bare essentials and then the basics and and started doing his rudiments again and basically relearned how to become the world's best drummer again <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you have to, so, um, if you want to be a great writer, you write every day. If you want to be a great that's writer, right. that's... you're practicing and you're, you're taking care of your voice every day. It is not something. And I think a lot of people sometimes can look and be like, oh, you're gifted. Just because you're gifted doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's handed to you. There's still a lot of work involved. And I, I think that's, that's what we get to see through Ahsoka, through so many of her journeys, you know, it, and we still have the next one still ahead of us with, with Mortisar. Right. Yeah. You know, she's been through it already. She's alive because of it. And now mm -hmm. if we get another series, if we get this factored into a film, anything like that, I hope we get more of that story and how she plays along with the, with the Mortis arc. Yeah, exactly. Right. Even as Hoka says herself earlier in the season, talent is a factor. Yes. In terms of like how the, to commune with the force, but uh, focus and determination are ultimately what gets you there at the end of the day, which, you know, she's eventually getting some of that lesson right back to her that she tried to teach Sabine early on with the cup and all of that. And um, she's starting small and she's getting right back into it, letting, letting the force be free and saying, let's go, with the purgle to Peridian, seeing what happens here. So, you know, let's talk about that for a second here. So, because journey does conclude in this episode with her bonding with, going inside the mouth of, and then journeying to Peridia inside of purgle. So, oddly enough, this this action isn't, frankly, in my opinion, the most bonkers thing of the episode when you fracture in the Hayden Christensen and World Between Worlds right. of it all. But, you know, what was your immediate reaction and thoughts when seeing this development for the first time? It, it takes something special. 
And I think we've seen that all Jedi can't connect with animals the same way. Yeah. So yeah. you don't know yeah. that everyone's going to be able to do this. I think this is some of that enlightenment. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to try because my purpose is to go get Ezra and now to mm -hmm. go get Sabine. Mm -hmm. So I have a reason I have to do these things. So I'm going to take these chances and yep, this is completely different and no one from the new Republic's going to believe what I'm doing. So I have to hurry, <laughs> but this is the way that I can make it work. And it is that magical element. And it is that thing that makes Star Wars special of getting getting some magic factored into the lives of these individuals that we care about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think Anakin would ever bond with uh, a creature and he's even the chosen one versus Ezra makes like his whole career as a force user out of bonding with animals. So like to see Ahsoka just being like, let's give it a try. You know, the, the laissez-faire of it all versus her being like, yes, we have to do this. Yep. We have to do that. We have to do this. We have to do that. She's just getting outside of her own, you know, the, the walls that she's put up in her head of this is how you do something. This is how you, in order to survive and be safe, this is how you do it. And this is the only right way. But now she's saying like, let's expand our possibilities here. Like I've got nothing to lose at this point. She's basically saying at this, you know, right. We find them or we don't, right. We have no other way of contacting them. The, the the orb that showed the map of directions is gone. Even if we did that, who knows how long it would take to build such a, a hyperspace drive system in order to, to get out there to follow the exact yep. coordinates. This is the best chance we got because we got to get there now. If And if not, then we'll end up somewhere and we'll do something there and we'll figure it out from there. But the fact that she's just willing, yeah, it is that enlightenment. That's a brilliant way of putting it. She is emerged with a newfound purpose. She's ready to not only just accept her past to to move forward with that information, to be a better teacher to Sabine, in my opinion, to connect with her in a different way that she will in the, episode, in the later episodes right. of this season, to actually be that teacher and mentor that she should have been from the start, if you ask me. And that all showcases here with this starting moment here, coming out of the waters from Anakin, that rebirth, and then donning on some different garbs and saying, yeah, I'm going to do something outside the box here. Let's do this. And Hu Yang's like, well, all right, let's do it. It's out of protocol, but let's, everything's out of protocol at this point. <laughs> so it's just, it's just wonderful. And, it, and this is really where this episode, in my opinion, takes a real mythological, um, you know, all of Star Wars is based in myth, but this one really, you know, the influences are certainly there of like <laughs> uh, going back in time and experiencing your, your past, almost like a, you know, we're in the, the holiday season, almost like a Christmas carol yeah, yeah. in a way, like facing your yourself and your demons and then journeying in, in the whale to go to places unknown. Um, all that all that's there. And it just is it went through the Star Wars filter and came out in episode five of Ahsoka here. So it's it's brilliant. And Ross, I thank you so much for journeying through your own cold <laughs> to get to this point at the end of this conversation here. Do you have anything else that you want to add? about um ahsoka episode five shadow warrior yeah i i love the episode i love the season obviously thanks to dan z and jen soap chak chai for letting me join them on a coffee with kenobi to break down all the episodes the, the day after each of them aired so how we watched was very different in terms of mm -hmm. okay i've got to record an episode the next night and i've got an article due two days after so 
uh, for Fantatrack. <laughs> so I lived each of these so much, but it, it wasn't a chore at all. Like it was the most fun yeah. thing. So getting this opportunity and being invited by you to, to join on Force, Force Ghost Conversations, once again, to relive it is fantastic. So thank you. And again, apologies for my, uh, my very nasally approach to this episode. <laughs> no worries at all. And actually, it's a gift for me, too, because I have saved all the episodes that you did with uh, Coffee with Kenobi uh, when the show is coming out, because at a principle, I just don't listen to it until I've done my episode recording on it, just so I don't want to get, you know, potentially anybody confused with, you know, not sharing uh, or crediting opinions and thoughts correctly and all that stuff or being influenced by other people's ideas to keep the conversation as fresh as possible. Now I get to go back and listen to your thoughts months ago, almost going in my own time Very journey <laughs> with the world between worlds. I'm I'm cutting the floor here and I'm going back to, to September to see uh, how, how you thought back then. And maybe I can compare and contrast how, how uh, your, your answers may have been a little bit different uh, based off of how time. Yeah, I'd love passed. to hear that. Um, so it would it would be great fun so ross where can the fine folks find you online uh look for me on album cockpit podcast on spotify and instagram uh, and you can also for majority of my star wars stuff find me on instagram at pop star indie wonderful and of course you know we are here at forest coast conversations we'll be back next week with episode six of ahsoka which i believe is called far far away and, and that's another great one we're going to have a lot of fun discussing about the blue guy that comes up in that episode so that's going to be a wonderful time don't miss out on that so subscribe any place that you can find your podcasts and uh until then we'll be back very soon may the force be with you take care Thank you.